Hey, everybody. This is Jackie and Misty from Afro Skeptics. Hey, what's up? <laughs> this is our first episode. Yep, it is. <laughs> yeah. And on our premiere episode, we are going to explain who we are, why we're doing this. It's an introduction to the both of us. Pretty much. Yeah. You want to start first or? I was just about to ask the same question. So. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> <It's> matter. Cool. <laughs> um, okay, I guess I'll start. Um, I'll start with how we came up with this podcast, with the idea in the first place. Um, okay. It started with a tweet, actually. Um, you had said that you had said something about. Um, oh yeah, I needed. We needed like atheist content that you know wasn't centered around like white dudes, and sometimes like these white dudes are often problematic, and they you know kind of you know say some racist shit or like they kind of come off very racist in the i know what's best for you when especially when speaking to minorities maybe some who are religious or some not you know mm-hmm. and so it, it was just interesting to see i wanted to see more of a perspective from like atheists of color you know and so yeah and then you just kind of like said we should start a youtube channel or something and you know it it just kind of it kind of surprised me because like I'd never done anything around this content, but I was like, okay. (laughs) So it was just like, yeah, let's start this, you know? Yeah. And um, I then decided to do podcasts because I already do a podcast. So I was like, I do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's where, that's where the notion of this comes from. So um, we are both black women who are both atheists. And Pretty also much. fairly left. Yeah. Maybe just a skosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> okay, so would you like to tell the story of how you came to be... I'm not going to ask you how you came to be black, because I'm assuming that's a by birth thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That did. That did. Right. Yeah, I was born with black seed. But yeah... Um, <laughs> I will, I guess I could start with saying I grew up very religious, in a very religious <laughs> house. Um, I attended like this evangelical mega church, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was very much into believing whatnot. But you know, I think over time, you know, kind of questioned it and kind of whatever. But um, also, you know, unfortunately, as a bisexual woman, like my church was pretty homophobic. and you know, hard me unlearning some things and also accepting myself, you know, as a queer woman and just, uh, yeah, just, it was kind of a gradual thing, you know, I also just kind of realized how much I just didn't like care for going to church that much, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was just kind of something my mom, you know, likes more and realizing like, okay, I'm my own identity and whatnot. So so how old you know, were you when you became skeptical? I don't know if I could say. I think it was just probably kind of recent, maybe like if maybe late 20s, early 20s, maybe. I don't know. Some, something like that. It was kind of over time, you know, I identified as agnostic and just kind of then. Yeah. Okay. Probably pretty recent. I don't know. I could say. Just didn't concern myself religious at all, you know? Yeah. So. Um, 
mine, my gradually coming to it is a bit more similar, a, a bit more similar. Psh, now I can't talk. Um, it's a bit similar. Um, my first, like, what the hell is going on was when I was 15. First of all, um, I too was raised in a very religious family, um, Christian. And the difference between me and other people is I never believed the stories of the Bible. I saw them as like Aesop's fables. Like Yeah, no and that's one... the thing. Like I started like maybe when God, but then like questioning the Bible and then, you know, it just Yeah. And I'm sorry I didn't want to interrupt, but yeah. Oh no, that's that's fine. Um yeah, I thought of the I thought of the Bible as like you know, like just like Aesop's fables or like uh-huh. fairy tales. Like it's, you don't have to believe these things happen to be able to extract some kind of moral from it. That's what I thought. I hear you. The yeah. Bible was for. So I never thought like my seven year old brain couldn't wrap around people thinking that someone literally was swallowed by a fish. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's ridiculous. Like that's just a fairy tale. It's a story. You know? And yeah. like, no, Noah's Ark too. literally two, two animals of each. Exactly. Like on Noah's Ark, like, in my brain, it was like, nobody believes that. Nobody's that dumb. When I was like seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, then, so then I was 15 and my mom, lovely person that she is, decided to put me in, um, in Christian school. So I was already going to the first semester of uh, high school. I went to a Lutheran school, which was essentially just a private school because it, there was like the Lutheran part was like way in the back somewhere to the point where, like, we weren't Lutheran, but it didn't matter because, like, the school didn't mm-hmm. really do anything, so it didn't matter. Um, and they still taught regular classes. Like, it, we taught evolution. They taught, you know, normal things. I took a biology class. So we learned uh-huh. normal things. But to my mother, that was not good enough. So then second semester, <coughs> when I was 15, she put me in a school called Grace Christian and that was the first time in my life I came in contact with creationists. And I was like, get me out of here. These people are stupid <laughs> and crazy. <laughs> and so I was like, you have to put me back. Like, this is a matter of education. Like, they don't believe in evolution. You can't. Do you want me to be stupid? And so she put me back in, in public school. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up with that type of Christianity. I mean, it was. I grew up with that type of fundamentalist Christianity. You know, oh, wow. it was a big mega church and stuff and yeah for a long time when i was little i was kind of that person i believed in a lot of that but yeah over time i was just like the hell you know yeah i was that was my first introduction to that and uh i remember arguing with my teacher that was the that was the the basis for me saying you have to put me back in public school um, I, hear I, I had a history teacher who legitimately <coughs> believed and he taught that mm-hmm. jews God's chosen people in the Bible, it says like 500 times that the Jews are God's chosen people, right? It's all through it. Old and New Testament. Mm -hmm. Jews are God's chosen people. He legitimately believed they were going to hell if they didn't accept Jesus. And I was like, I am all the way done. I don't think I can learn anything from you. And I'm getting the hell out of this class. Like, this is stupid. (laughs) And he was a history teacher. And I'm like, no, no. Like, I'm 15 and I'm going, no. (laughs) It's just. No. And then in science, they were like, I don't remember what they wanted to teach us, but they were, they were teaching us like creationism science. And I was like, why are you teaching intelligent design thing? I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, where, and and that was the first time I I learned that like people didn't believe in evolution. And I was like, okay, I'm done. 
Like yeah. y'all can have your fairy tales and everything, but I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going that far, but I still believed yeah. in God. I just thought that his followers were stupid. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I think my, most of it, I think came from actually go, I went to a Christian, I attended a Christian college, you know? Oh, my sister and it was did. Very I like, did. yeah, very, yeah. Yeah. It was a very, like, it was very white. It was very, you know, a lot of in Minnesota, it was like very, which like felt like it, the culture sort of felt like a small town high school, you know, very preppy high school and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, I think it was just casual being exposed to sometimes like the casual racism and whatnot. I just needed to leave. So, yeah. Mine, um, for me, I finally decided when I was, when I was 18, I was going to church, but I was treating it like motivational speakers. Like uh-huh. There was all spirituality had been extracted from the experience. Yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, it was like going to a Tony Robbins thing because that the church that I went to, like, that's how the preacher was preaching. So I would show up like right after the mm-hmm. choir and I would hear like the motivational speech. I would dip before the prayer. Like there was no spiritual connection happening for me. Yeah. And, um, and I, I don't like, be, I don't like hypocrites and I don't want to be a hypocrite. So then one day I was like, I was like 21, I was 20 or 21. And my brother was like, dude, you totally became an Easter Christmas Christian. Cause like I would slowly not go to church and then I'd be like, I'll oh, go yeah. next week. I'll go next month. And it was like, <laughs> it just became like, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. I'll eventually go back. And my brother was like, dude, you just became like a, a, a Christmas Easter, like Catholic kind of person. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I did. And yeah, then I, I remember. About um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, if you weren't done. Um, I, but um, I, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I don't think I actually believe this anymore. And I realized that I was lying, like just going to church, going through the motions, just calling myself a Christian. It was a lie. I wasn't. And I was like, yeah, yeah I should probably drop that moniker. Yeah, I, I hear you. Like, um, I guess basically recently I was, um, my mom was remarried to like this pastor guy and, you know, we would go to the church every Sunday, whatnot. And there was just one day where I was just like, can I like not go to church? But then he exploded on me and got really upset and whatnot. And so, yeah, yeah. I can see yeah, so, not liking you not going to, <laughs> going to church. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, he turned out married, to be then? kind of abusive guy, you know, and so that's why we ended up leaving. You know, oh. well, yeah. it's good that she got out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's how we became skeptics. How did you? What was your journey to the left politically? Um, I admit I was like sort of an Obama Democrat for a while, for quite a few years. And then I think it was just kind of frustrated, but I was also kind of frustrated with kind of how conservative, you know, he was, you know? Yeah. And um, just kind of, it was kind of gradual over time and caring with the issues. Um, I think especially it was during the Black Lives Matter movement, I would see sort of the response, sort of neoliberal response that existed. Um, For example, in um, how the Mall of America, you know, for example, responded to Black Lives Matter protesters. They've re- responded with riot gear and whatnot. And a lot of, 
And some of the people who took the side of that were like liberal Democrats, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, kind of angered me and kind of frustrated me. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I would see the similar thing happen where like it was usually, you know, people who pretended to be on your side, you know, stand standing against you. But the people who often stood with us were like Green, green Party members and whatnot. And so that was one where I ended up having that. But also, I think it was as a result of seeing how fake the resistance was, you know, uh-huh. to, to Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, and how there was far more like anger towards Bernie Sanders and whatnot. And you mean Nancy Pelosi tearing up a piece of paper wasn't enough resistance for you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Apparently, not when she's like voting most of the shit he wants to, you know? Right. Like, yeah. What about you? I guess my journey was um, somewhat similar to Ryan Knight's. If you follow him, that's why I'm like so in love with how he's doing. I'm like, that's exactly pretty much what happened to me, except go back a cycle. Um, uh-huh. So instead of it being this term for Bernie running, it was the last one. <laughs> um, <coughs> I started out, I've always been Democrat. My mm-hmm. entire family is Democrat. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, we but we were like you know like most like typical blacks are like the conservative Democrats you know, oh yeah, we were like that. Um, except when it came to like when it came to social issues, we were very we're pretty much libertarian. Like, look, as long as I don't have to pay for it, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, much my family you. stance. But when it came to like, my family was more economically conservative, but socially liberal. And I'm more like, no, 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 no. Why can't we just pay for that? Why can't we pay for these things? Like, why, why, why do we have trillions of dollars to like the Pentagon and we don't mm-hmm. have healthcare? Like, why don't we just yeah. stop that? <laughs> so, um, so mine started with, um, I've, I've always been a Democrat, but I've always I've always been a little to the left of the Democrats, just like economically. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because my mother was always to the right of the Democrats. Absolutely. Like, my mother would be a Warren Democrat. Like, like mm-hmm. not, not saying she would vote for her, but like my mother's policies are pretty much Warren's. Where like, yeah, you're mm-hmm. technically a Republican, but the Democrats have moved so far to the right, they've caught up to you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where, yeah. like my mom was a Democrat specifically for the social reasons. Um, but for me, I was like, no, no, we can do more. There's, there's, there's more there. And then, um, so I was, I was team Bernie in 2015, 2016. Same here. I was, yeah. I watched the democratic party just shit in our faces during that whole thing. Like when Bernie, Honestly, a friend of mine thinks that Hillary Clinton like threatened Bernie, and I'm like, I don't know about that. But he, I think she just like was so selfish and assumed everything she was entitled to, you know. The, well, Jimmy Dore's perspective is that he's terrified of becoming the next Ralph Nader. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't oh, yeah. know what it is. But there's something I I feel like there is something that we're missing. There's an ingredient that we don't have because there's no reason for Bernie, who is an independent, to capitulate mm-hmm. to the Democrats so much. 
Like yeah. there's, there's something missing there to me. And so, yeah, I mean, I kind of, yeah, I kind of go with Jimmy Dore's sort of perspective. I think it's that, you know, which is sad, you know, I don't know. I, I, there's something, I know that there's some ingredient missing that we are not seeing, but I also yeah, yeah. know that I'm not going to vote. Like as soon as I saw how corrupt the Democrats were in 2016, I was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. And I, I, I did vote because like I was worried about Trump, but I was like considering like if, yeah, but I did vote for Hillary. Like I did like kind of hold my nose and vote for Hillary because I was worried for Trump. But you know, after seeing this, I'm like, you know what? Clearly, they didn't learn their lesson. You know, after that, yeah. I did it. I wasn't worried about Trump um, mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. For one, I, hear you. I saw how expertly the DNC cheated to yeah. push Bernie out. So I was like, okay, well, if they're gonna cheat on that level, then they'll just cheat on the, at the general. So I assumed she was gonna win anyway because she, you know, they cheated before. She'll cheat again, right? Um, yeah. Secondly, I thought, well, even if he does get elected, we still have, like, this isn't a a dictatorship that he's, you know, becoming, he's not becoming king. We still have two branches of government to check his ass. We still have checks and balances. I did not know that the checks and balances were going to lay over and play dead. Like, just Yeah, I I feared that. That's actually what I feared more than anything. Because, like, I couldn't always trust that, you know one Democrats were always going to fight back, you know, in that. Well, see, I, okay. So the reason why I felt that they would because of the level of fear mongering there was over Trump, everybody was like, Oh, it can't be Trump. It can't be Trump. But I think partially what happened was they took him for granted. They just assumed nobody would vote for him. Yeah. Um, That's what happened. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, so I, yeah, but it, it didn't really. And I was like, on top of that, Hillary's a warmonger and like, let's face it, they're all criminals. So I was like, you know Absolutely. what? I, I, I have Nina Turner's position of like, do you want three quarters of a bowl of shit or half a bowl of shit? It's still, it's all shit. So mm-hmm. I did not vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016. I voted for Jill Stein. And I, the reason why I voted for Jill Stein was because she was the only one who actually held my values. She yeah, I wish I did. I wish I did. I, I actually regret voting for Hillary because I've seen like how, you know, crazy she is. Like how oh, just, she's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's just annoying. Like I'm actually writing something about this like right now if you want minutes, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 not like now, but like, yeah, writing something about like, because she's a narcissist and unfortunately is not being called out for it, you know? So. Exactly. Exactly. Because she's being upheld by the system. Yeah. And it's funny that she and Barack Obama are buddy buddy because I remember the primary when Barack, when she and Barack were running and she was as nasty to him as she was to Bernie. Mm-hmm. And she went full racist back then. Oh yeah. The birtherism. I mean, I was kind of young. I mean, it was my first time voting, you know? Okay. But yeah, I ended up switching from there to Barack Obama. I think it was mainly because my mother did. But. I So I have a perspective of being a bit older. Um, my first time voting was for Bill Clinton. I see. Um, and by the time Hillary Clinton came along, I was like, hell no. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to vote for that crazy bitch. No. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I started noticing then, this was what, 2004? I started mm-hmm. noticing then, or 2000, 2008. 
um, I started noticing that that is when they were Democrats were starting to take on the framing of identity politics because mm-hmm. people were like, oh, you're a black woman. Are you going to vote for the black guy or the woman? And I'm like, neither. I'm going to vote for the person who has the better policies because isn't that mm-hmm. what we do? We vote for policies. Of course. Yeah. No, no. You vote for you either vote for your vagina or your skin color. That's it. Apparently, it's it's stupid. It really is. It is, and they were framing that narrative back then. Now, yes, it was great—the historic moment of the first black president. But again, Mm -hmm. that's not why I voted for him. I voted for him because he gave progressive rhetoric. He said Mm -hmm. one thing, and then immediately when he got in office, pivoted and did another. But he was really good at the rhetoric because back then he was saying like, "Oh, uh, you know." I'm a black guy. They're not going to reelect me if I just come guns blazing. So I have to start and I have to do incremental. And we believed mm-hmm. him. We were like, okay, you know, he's going to, he's, he's going to warm up to it. Then he's going to give us health care, Right. Cool. Yeah. I, I fell for that stuff. It was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mitch McConnell became, you know, the devil incarnate. It was like, Oh, look, I was trying to give you, I wanted to give you awesome health care, but Mitch McConnell said no. So that's why I had to give you the Republican plan. And I'm like, really? Did you try, though? Because I don't remember you trying to push Medicare for all at all. You just kind of started with the Romney plan. Yep. So that's not what happened. And now he's like, and now he sabotaged somebody who may have actually tried. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I honestly don't understand how McConnell and Pelosi and Schumer and Graham keep getting elected. How does that happen? Why do people not understand that they don't have your best interest in mind? They have their best interest in mind. Like the fact that this grift has worked for so long, it's amazing. Exactly. So that's why I am a hundred percent in favor of congressional term limits. Absolutely. We don't need 90 year old people making decisions for the generations that they don't even, they don't even see. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so that's how, that's how we got here. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. That's how, yeah, things sort of happened. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, what do you want to cover first in our, are welcome to who we are, what we're doing. What topics um, do you want to talk about first? I don't know. Um, I guess there's a reality of the Democrat Party um, sort of voting down Medicare for all, you know? Oh, yeah, that fun. In its platform, and the majority of Democrats supporting it. And the, the same thing with, you know, recognition of Palestinian rights and whatnot, so... Yep, and um, legalizing marijuana. Legalize, yep, that too, that too. So I have a question. Um, Republicans are in charge right now. Democrats are the opposition party, right? What are Democrats opposing? Because so far it seems like all their... Progress. Exactly. (laughs) Progress and anything that threatens corporate interests. Anything that actually, you know, exposes them to not being necessarily the good guys that they claim to be. And so that's right. I only see Democrats like th- honestly, I have seen Democrats push <laughs> back against leftists far more than they ever push back against the right. Exactly. That's one of the biggest problems. 
It's disturbing, you know? Like, they make fun of the right, but then they actively attack the left. Meanwhile, they have no positions or policies of their own except just saying no. (laughs) Yep. Crazy. Okay, so um, a friend of mine on Podbean, uh, Doug, from the show The End is Nigh, Mm -hmm. has beef with me over a tweet. Um, It is about the fact that I'm neither voting for Biden nor Trump. I hear Um, you. I don't know where I'm at right now as far as voting because I don't know if I'm going to vote green party or if I'm just going to vote down ballot progressives and yeah, I'm like, open. it doesn't seem like mail-in ballots are available. <clears throat> and the thing is, I suspect my mother is voting for Biden. I'm not voting for either one, you know, but I'm, mm. you know, my mother is probably going to vote for Biden, you know, cause she's still kind of blue no matter who, but I'm kind of worried about, you know, her safety. If it, there's no mail-in ballots down here in Texas, you know? So. Ooh, yeah, you're in Texas. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm hoping for, yeah, I'm hoping that there are, you know, so that at least we can do it safely. Cause like, if, if not, like I was just not going to vote or I was, if there's mail-in ballots, I was going to vote like maybe part of the social relation or green. I don't know. So. Yeah. Um, in California, fortunately, um, like a couple of months ago, our governor said it's going to be mail-in for November. Okay. So we're good. Um, yeah. Like, I think, I think the option of write-in. So I might write in Bernie. I don't know. I hear you. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of moving past Bernie. Like, he was just, you know, candidate back both in 2016 and 2020, but because mm-hmm. of the policies, but, you know, it's like, need somebody else, you know. Honestly, I'm ready to vote for Nina because she didn't back down yes, from shit. Nina. Nina and she definitely. straight up called Biden a racist like he is. Mm-hmm. And Zephyr Teachout called him all kinds of shit like he is. Like she called him uh, corrupt. Corrupt. Which he is. Yep. And yeah, like I'm I'm there. If I I would vote for Nina and um and Bree. In a heartbeat. Yeah, let's do that. Honestly, if they were running third party, they'd take they'd run it away with it. Like, yeah, they take it because they have the policies that everybody wants. Like, what is it? Eighty percent of the de- of the Democratic base wants Medicare yeah. for all, and Democrats mm-hmm. are like, nah, fuck that. Like, what? It, there's a pandemic. Yeah, I think one, only one downside is unfortunately the amount of misogynoir that you know these two have unfortunately faced. Where they're, you know, considered the unruly black, you know, how the media sort of portrayed them to. Yeah. Especially, I think that's one downside. And you like, know what? For, that's I mean, for the, for, for the Bernie base, I think it would be good. But like for a lot of like otherwise Bernie folks, like they're all like, oh yeah, I want these black women, but not those ones, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah. They want the cop, Mala, they want cop Mala, but not Nina. Yeah, pretty much. That's what gets me about mainstream media. They love to point out, they love to call, you know, cry racism, cry sexism, and then immediately do it to the left. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, Kamala was, like, Kamala had to drop out because there are so many sexist and racist, but fuck Nina Turner. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what? They did that the whole time. It's insane. Yeah. It is. And, like, somebody disagreed with Warren. Is it sexism? Meanwhile, why Nina Turner needs to shut the fuck up. 
Yeah. Like it's yeah, they don't even it's crazy. They don't even care about their own hypocrisy. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I just wanted to mention real quick. I know this is like our intro, um, but the world will truly miss Michael Brooks. Oh, absolutely. He was an it's- awesome voice for the left, and I can't believe he's gone so soon. He was so young, not even 40 years <laughs> old. And absolutely. he was an awesome commentator on this entire shit show. Absolutely. So, rest in power, Michael Brooks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I always loved his perspective, especially I learned a lot, you know, about Brazilian politics from him, too, you know? Yeah, he was a really lot of, knowledgeable about world politics. Yeah. It was definitely... Yeah, he was one of my favorites. And it's, yeah, sad to see. It was surprising to see lose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember... um when somebody posted the picture, it was a picture of he and Lula and it was sad. And I was like, Oh, did Lula die? Like he'd never registered that it could have been Michael. Didn't even actually, it did. It did actually tell me that. What? Yeah. That that's the first thought I had was that it was, you know? Yeah. And it shocked me though. It was like, what happened? Yeah. That's pretty sad. Then I read, yeah, it was like, he passed. There's some passing of Michael Brooks and whatnot. Yeah. Okay, so um, do you have any any skeptical type topics to discuss? <sighs> any skeptical topics? Yeah. None, none really so much. I think, mainly I think the COVID-19 and I think how a lot of evangelical you know, churches are sort of using, like, God's got you, therefore you don't need to wear a mask sort of thing, you know? We're just, I, like, casually ignoring science and whatnot, so. I can't do it. I can't. I know. I will lose my shit. I can't. <laughs> I put that up there with flat earthers, except nobody dies if you believe that the earth is flat. You're just an idiot. <clears throat> yeah. But if you don't wear a mask, and I, I was watching a video yesterday where. You're going to um, kill other people, you know? Exactly. Uh, I was watching a video where a doctor explained how masks work. Um, and he showed, they showed like, the slowdown of um, somebody coughing or sneezing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A cough or a sneeze without any interference can go as far as 27 feet. But wow. if you wear a mask, it depends on the mask. Um, mm-hmm. If you wear just like a cotton covering, it'll go no further than three feet. Yeah, that's why it's wear a mask and social distance. Keep six feet apart. Because mm-hmm. if you're right next to each other, even with the mask, it doesn't matter. Um, but if you <laughs> wear like an N95 mask or mm-hmm. a surgical mask, it only go like three inches. It just goes like right outside, you know, and it and then it falls off. Yeah. Um, so that's why they say outdoors is better because of the dispersal. But also mm-hmm. wearing a mask and social distancing, that's how you stop it. Because if not, yeah. the cloud can linger in the air after <laughs> three hours. And it can go as far as 27 feet without yeah. a mask. So wear a fucking mask. Exactly. <laughs> it's not hard. I mean, you know? It is. It's crazy to see a bunch of adults like whining like this about it. It's just 
It is. And the thing that gets me is like, you literally just have to wear a mask for like the couple of minutes to like maybe an hour that you're in a store or a restaurant. Whereas the people working there have to wear it for six to eight hours or however long they're working. Mm-hmm. So shove it, wear a mask. It's not difficult. It's not going to impair your breathing. It's not like, <laughs> I can't believe we're at a point where we deny basic science. When I was a kid, it was like, science tells us this. And we were like, okay, got it. And now people are like, no, what? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's part of, you know, the propaganda campaign. So, <sighs> yeah. <sighs> but this is the information age. I don't, I don't get that. It's the information age. You can look anything up and discover what is true. So why are so many people not believing things that are, are proven? Because of propaganda. But the good news is that, you know, do it's a very small minority, you know? So. Mm, It's like, maybe too many people, but it's a minority, you know? majority of people do support like wearing a mask and whatnot so yes um but the minority is just too many in that minority like i live in orange county california and there's a huge difference we call um in los angeles we often call orange county the orange curtain um Mm -hmm. because orange county is a conservative area and los angeles is liberal and there is a huge difference. I, even though I live in Orange County, I will not go to the store in Orange County. I will go to Los Angeles because in Los Angeles, everybody wears a mask. And when they say on the door, you have to wear a mask, it's mandatory. Nobody tries to sneak in without wearing a mask. In Orange County, I will walk into the grocery store and turn my head and see like three people not even wearing a mask, not even pretending. And then I turn my head the other direction and I see people wearing it under their chin. In which case, there's no freaking point for wearing the damn mask. <laughs> and that's when I'm just like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> like, I can't. I, I mean, at least you didn't work at a store where frequently you'd run into people who, like, didn't wear masks. You know, I, that's one of the reasons we ended up having to wear face shields, you know, in addition to a mask. Because too many people walk in and they didn't have it on, you know, in the grocery store. Yeah. And that's because I wanted to get me, too like, close to you, too. And it was like, why are they letting people in without masks is my thing well yeah i think at that particular time they couldn't mandate it you know oh then that's another issue that i have when we reopened first of all we reopened way too soon secondly when we reopened wearing masks and staying maintaining social distancing should have been a mandate of reopening it's like you guys want to go back to work and go back to shopping and everything cool Mm -hmm. when you walk out of your house you put on a mask yeah that should have been part of it. It should have been like, here are the instructions. But no, mm-hmm. they were just like, all right, you can go back. And that allowed people, you know, that allowed the Karens to unite. And here's the thing that gets me. If I see one more white woman saying she's being discriminated against because she's being asked to follow the rules that everybody else has to follow. Oh, my God. That's how privileged they are. To you. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it is. It is so annoying. It's like, come on. Right? Oh. All right. So, let's see. We've been at this for about 30 minutes. Um, is there anything else that you want to bring up in this intro episode? <sighs> Hard to say. Um, 
I guess um heard something about um I guess some Biden like cues I guess um some Biden like campaigners um like pushing against Kamala Harris being a VP possibly, you know? Oh yes, I heard that because um they said she's too ambitious and she wants to be president herself. But I don't see what the big deal is considering way back in what November, he said, whoever is going to be my VP has to be ready to go on day one because he has dementia. Yeah. So I don't see what the big deal is. No, I mean her, the entire reason that's the entire reason why they were making a big deal about, you know, it being a black woman. It was really just about tokenism. It wasn't actually about, giving, you know, black women a voice, you know. So what you're saying is they were like, yeah, 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 have her be VP. Wait, she could actually become president? Okay, no, change it, change it, abort, abort. No, like, it, it was just a way <laughs> bit around. I mean, that's the reason, uh, like, oh, yeah, pick a black woman, you know, just, you know, kind of as a to- as a token, you know. Yeah. But. You know what? He, the funny thing is, if you remember, like, when he was talking about it um, during one of his rare cognitive moments, on the campaign trail, he said he would pick a woman as VP. He never said a woman of color. He said he was yeah. going to put a black woman on the Supreme Court. Well, yeah, Jim Clyburn wanted him to like pick a black woman out of them. Yeah, and that was just... It was like, okay, give me the black votes, now shut up and sit down. Yeah, more pandering, pandering. Yeah, yeah but I mean, that's that's been the Democrats' position all along. How did they not... Know? Oh, yeah, for years. Yeah. Did you see that interview when Stacey Abrams realized that he wasn't going to pick her? Oh, yes. That's how quickly her face melted. That was... So crazy. That was awesome. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes ahead and picks Klobuchar anyway. Yeah, I hear you. Because I feel like that's yeah. who he was going to pick in the first place. Yeah, it was going to be... I suspected it was going to be like either Whitmer or Klobuchar. So... Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, because he was thinking, like, okay, California is not a swing state. It's already blue. No. Yeah. Oh, he's got the black. He thinks of himself already having the black vote, you know? And people kept talking about how black people were the ones, and I don't. He's goddamn fire. Yeah. I hated that so much. I know. I hated it. Same. How do people not it. understand how racist that was? Like, how is that okay? How how was calling an entire ethnicity of people a firewall not considered racist? Imagine if Barack Obama had gone around in 2008 going, "It's okay, white people. It's okay. I've got the white vote. I chose Joe Biden as my as my VP. I've got a white firewall." Yeah, no, people would talk. People would, you know, they'd have lost their shit. <laughs> oh yeah. It would be but running okay, on Fox News all the, like, 24-7, you know. It's insane. <clears throat> oh, there's so many. You know what? We can do an entire episode just going through Joe Biden's racist past because there's, oh yeah, what, 40-plus years of that shit? Oh, yeah. Uh, not to mention, like, the credible rape allegations. I think that's the thing that most people don't understand about us is yeah. that when people say like, oh, you have to have Joe Biden or else you get Trump. And we're like, we don't care because we see that Joe Biden is not better than Trump. Joe exactly. Biden is a warmonger. And then people are like, but Trump is a rapist. So is Joe Biden. 
Trump is a racist. So is Joe Biden. Like, I dare you to tell me the difference between these two. The difference (laughs) is Democrats will go to sleep with Joe Biden. Exactly. That, to me, I think that if if (laughs) Biden wins, it's more dangerous because the Democrats will be like, okay, we solved racism. (laughs) We're going back to brunch. Fuck off. Have a nice day. Yeah. And they're in... <clears throat> protest might stop. People will be like, "Well, oh yeah." So, Democrats so will like go now. hard on protesters too. They know? will absolutely, but I I think that people will stop going out to protest because they will think, "Well, a Democrat's back in charge, so it'll be fine." Yeah. Like it, like we weren't protesting yeah, I mean, when Obama. Even was though Obama, there. you know, these Black Lives Matter protests were going on during the Obama years too. That's when know? they started. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff started during Obama years. Um, for example. The kids in cages technically started in Bush, but it didn't stop with Obama. In fact, he actually put more kids in cages. Oh, yeah. But nobody took pictures until Trump was in office. Oh, yeah. Which is why when you say, when you hit me with, like, not you, but like when people hit me with that, but kids in cages. And I'm like, yeah, who built the cages? Well, that was Bush. And when, so Obama dismantled them, right? And Trump just brought them back. No. No, it's not going to be better, okay? They're not going to do a damn thing that you think that they're going to do. They are not better. We're just not lying to ourselves. Yeah. That's the difference. Like, And everybody's like, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's going to drop down. Okay, well, she could Ruth Bader Ginsburg is also pretty racist, too. Like, we've seen... Yeah. Did you see her call comment on Kaepernick. Kaepernick when he was kneeling? Yeah. 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 And on top and of also, that... Like, like, she voted, like, I think for Trump's immigration thing you know as well exactly and uh, like when you look at look at who if we're talking about like biden and trump okay yes trump is definitely going to put a conservative in but also biden is definitely going to put a conservative in look who he as a senator pushed through he's how we got clarence thomas and like scalia and a lot of these people it's because of him so why do you think that he's going to give us you know, he's not he's not going to pick somebody like Bernie Sanders. Like, that's never going to happen. He's going to pick oh, no. another Ruth Bader Ginsburg or worse. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's going to probably going to be even worse than Merrick Garland in some cases. maybe. Exactly. So that's why, like, every every threat that liberals hit me with, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're the one who's ignoring history. You're just flat out ignoring Biden's own actual past to pretend like now that he's almost 80, he's going to suddenly shift to the left. Absolutely. (laughs) Like what? Honestly, the reason why I was going to vote for Bernie was because I was like, you know, I don't think he's going to pivot when he gets in office because he's too damn old because old people are set in their ways and they're like, fuck it. This is the way I am. Biden's no different. So Biden was a Republican in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. He's a Republican now. Why? What makes people think that he's going to be suddenly become a Democrat like when he becomes president? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. No, he won't. Yeah. So that's why when people say things like if we get four more years of Trump, I'm like, then we get four more years of Trump. Like calm the fuck down. Honestly, the real issue to me is not even who's president because the president doesn't have that much power. It's Congress. Congress oh, yes. has been voting to allow Trump to do all of these horrible things. Yeah, also, that's, the biggest, that's why people like have an issue. Like, exactly. obviously, Mitch McConnell is like going to be terrible, but you know, Nancy Pelosi is supposed to be that opposition party, but she's voting for a lot of the same corrupt stuff and whatnot. 
She's voting for all of it. She's sitting here doing sideways claps and tearing up papers and then turning around and voting for every single thing he pushes through. Exactly. That's, yeah, it's bullshit. That's why I'm like, no, don't blame me. Blame yourself for voting for people like Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We, I, think the, I think libs need a mirror, and we're that mirror. <laughs> yeah. All right, so is there anything else you want to uh, discuss on our introductory episode? Nothing. I mean, I can't really think of much. I mean, you want to bring up a topic of interest? No. I think this is a pretty good intro. Um, All right. After that, we'll have more poignant, like, detailed things to say about certain yeah, topics. Yeah, I think that's a... Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like I'm just kind of <laughs> not knowing what to say. I just kind of feel like I'm saying a bunch of word salad stuff. But Yeah, this is just an intro. Well, I mean, neither of us are Pete Buttigieg, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're good on that front. <laughs> okay, hopefully. All right. So that being said, that's going to wrap up our first episode. Our All right. Intro to ourselves. We will see you guys on Saturday which will be our first live stream. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Woo. If you guys are enjoying the content, please give us a like and a rate and share and subscribe.